We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. We could always say, like, oh, Kevin De Bruyne is going to be high-owned. But it's like, well, if it's Kevin De Bruyne, Lacazette, Aguero, uh, Firmino in one tier... It's like, well, now it's only condensed to that. You don't have to worry about the ownership of a Solomon Rondo. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from RotoWire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, rankings, projections, and the best fantasy soccer stats around, please visit RotoWire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird and Jordan Cooper. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire.com, joined by Jordan Cooper to discuss this weekend's DFS action. Jordan, I apologize for the lack of uh, pleasantries at the beginning of the last podcast. So, hello. How are you? Hello, everyone. Hello, all the listeners. I know you <laughs> tweeted out the NSFW of me like, oh, Irish goodbye, I'm out of here, type of thing. <laughs> People don't listen for that. They the, don't care about the pleasantries. The end of a podcast is always so awkward because nobody knows really when it's going to end. One of us is usually rambling along, Mike significantly more than me. And then, yeah, there's always that like, see ya. Okay, goodbye. Like it's a phone call because it basically is. But um, maybe... I just don't listen to enough professional podcasts where I know how to end it. But No, no. The end of every podcast for a listener is, 
where can people find you? Because that's when you just turn it off. Because you know there's going to be nothing, no kind. Of, oh, there's two minutes left. Well, it's just going to be, but what? What's going to be at the end of them saying goodbye? So what? Basically, at if you're a professional podcast listener like I am, uh, professional when, podcast listener. Okay. I listen. I have 129 subscriptions. I listen to oh. like like 70 hours of podcasts a week. Really? Yeah. I mean, because I, I work in front of a computer. Yeah. And I, I mean, like that. It's the it's talk radio to me. I mean, that's right. before podcasts. I just you know, throw on sports talk radio or something. So to me, I put it on one and a half speed and I just playlist it. And, you know, half the time I'm listening to podcasts and I'm like, oh, that's over. I didn't even I don't remember even listening to it hmm. because I'm in the middle of doing something. So right. but typically once they once the, there's an interview and the guy's like, well, now where can people find you on Twitter or whatever? Then it's like, well, they're not going to ask any more questions. It's just going to be done. Hmm. So is it a curveball if I happen to mention your like Twitter account in the middle of a podcast? Do you think people would just be like, "Oh, it's over," and stop listening? Well, it mentioned in the middle of like us ass- assessing a game, just right. for no apparent reason. Yeah. All right. I'll see if I can remember to do that. Anyway, pleasantries aside, let's jump into this weekend. We are going to skip the Swansea home against Manchester United match, which kicks off Saturday morning, because most DFS slates don't include it which um, is fine. I'd have no, I have no problem not having to deal with that Manchester United set-piece take, taking situation. And Swansea aren't that great. Uh, so let's jump in. 10 o'clock Eastern. The first match I'm looking at is Liverpool home against Crystal Palace. You uh, tweeted earlier this week that you were thrilled at the people who were taking Liverpool forwards in their Champions League qualifier on Tuesday because they were all... They were likely not all going to score, and they didn't really play that well, despite winning. Do you feel the same about home against Crystal Palace? No, not at all. I mean, it's, it, that's why everything is slate dependent. Because when you know you're playing away to Hoffenheim, which uh, aren't a bad team, uh, it's also in comparison to the rest of the slate. There was so much value, yeah, everywhere in that slate. Where like all of Liverpool, they're they're three forwards, similar to last year before Coutinho started taking you know set piece duty. Uh, you know, they're, they're all like goal dependent so much. I mean, they, I mean, the wider players have floors for Amino shoots a bunch. I mean, you, you don't know where it's going to come from. So you have Salah, you have Mane, you have Firmino and you're like, well, they're all expensive and who do you take? But I think that's the, like to this slate, even in, even in cash, uh, Liverpool is the key to this slate because you could make an argument, uh, for taking one of them. You can make an argument in taking two of them, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about it in just in double ups. Uh, you could even make an argument in taking none of them. Uh, and I don't think I don't think you'd take all three, for 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 a cash lineup at least. Right. Uh, but based on the texture of the slate, I mean, I mean in comparison to you know Arsenal going to Stoke, there's no expensive player that's really. I mean, you could take Lacazette, but Lacazette becomes the same type of situation as taking a Liverpool forward, goal, yeah. goal dependent. So, but Liverpool is at home. They're the heaviest favorites, and it's the highest total. So, I I don't think you'd be wrong by taking one of them. And no matter which one you take, I can't say that it's the wrong pick. But that's what makes it hard. That's why Liverpool becomes the key to this slate on who scores. You know, if they score two or three goals, where do they come from? And if it's on, and and I'm not mentioning uh, Alexander Arnold because. Mm-hmm. He may be a play, regardless of the three forwards, uh, but also whether or not Milner's going to play. Because the Milner comes in, and then you start going, well, because Alexander-Arnold was taking set pieces. Some of them, and, yeah. Uh, 
Right, but as a defender taking set pieces, I mean that's always a that, that's always a good play, especially mm-hmm. for a favorite at home with a live clean sheen bonus at thirty nine hundred, uh, no less. Exactly. So, but the value goes down if Milner's in. Yep. If there's any ambiguity, you know, because Moreno takes some also, but. I mean, there's a there's a difference between Milner being in and Moreno being in. Uh, well, there's also I, the possibility that Milner plays, but not at left back, right? Which he theoretically could still take corners, but he's not sending. Not that he was a big open play crosser, but he did send a few in, and those are probably gone if he's playing as a holding midfielder. Right, but the open play crossing really Liverpool doesn't play that style. True. So I I don't I don't put much stock. I mean, when I say play the wide forwards like Mane and Salah. It's just that they're more likely to cross, but really they don't really cross anyway. But they'll get they'll draw fouls because they run it they run at defenders. Uh, and but Firmino, I mean, they switch around so much, so it, it, it's a matter of uh, you know it's not like the the old you know like the Barcelona attack. It's like you know Suarez is going to be playing the nine, like he's just shooting. Mm-hmm. But Firmino goes everywhere. Yeah. So he'll come back, come in. But I mean yet. Uh, if a Rigi, I mean, they pl- they just played on Tuesday and they just and they played before on Saturday, so it's not out of the question that not all three of them start. Yep, we could see Sturridge even. Right. So, but but that but that changes a lot of things because if you put Sturridge in the nine, I think it cr- actually increases the value of the wider players. It's basically just Mane and Salah, like right. Firmino. Well, only because Sturridge is not going to play ninety, most probably. Uh, he'll probably be injured eight minutes in, so you don't have to worry about that. Harsh. Uh, Sturridge is going to be priced a bit down. I mean, he becomes more of a GPP play, I guess. I'm, I'm just saying that Sturridge is is much better at, uh, I'm not saying he does it well because he doesn't like to, uh, staying centrally. Yep. As opposed to Firmino, who, I mean, they, they'll all three of them will just rotate around in a yep. triangle like that. So that's why I said like Origi or Sturridge, even though they're neither of them I would consider to be target forwards uh, in the classic sense. At least they, they stay when they play in that position, they tend to stay central, mm-hmm. which means there is someone to to uh, cross to, as opposed to Firmino, who's not he's not really going to be scoring goals with his head. James Milner at 7,400 seems outrageous. Like, even if I knew he was taking every set piece. No, if you knew, if you knew... Andrew, he was taking every set piece monopoly, and he's the highest total game yeah, at home as I the know, home face. I mean, I know. for seven four hundred, but you're you're considering him like like a like oh I'm going to pay seventy four hundred for a defender type of thing. Uh, it's like well, take a look at I mean, we we do that with any other team seventy four hundred for you know if it was uh, you know Ryan Frazier for Bournemouth. If Bournemouth was better and they were playing against the League Two side, <laughs> right. I mean, you'd have to kind of move things around. But I mean, as if Bournemouth were a minus two eighty two favorite for the same price, you'd take whoever. If you knew for sure that they're going to literally take every set piece, right. then yeah. But the problem is, is that we you don't. don't know for sure. It's, right. That's the the risk management you have to put in to to creating your lineups. Uh, is there? <clears throat> Is there any possibility you play somebody from Crystal Palace? Not on this slide. Yeah. The I mean, it becomes a... Wilfred Zaha, I think, just theoretically it opens up some younger guy to play. I think, do they even have Jason Laquilo in the... They still don't have him in the player pool. That's weird to me. I think uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek becomes but, a GPP play. Yeah. 
Only because of the only because of the price, and we're talking about Liverpool. Do you really? Uh, do you really think Mingale is is in for a? You're gonna pay up for for a not a clean sheet. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I don't see I don't I don't put the highest chances of Liverpool like keeping a clean sheet. Like they'll win three one. But I mean right. their defense is horrible. So yeah. Like Crystal Palace is gonna score. If you want to find and pick out their score. But uh, if they if they even play in this three four three type of formation, I don't expect Townsend to start uh, because he's a defensive uh, liability. Totally. Because in the last game against Huddersfield, they they were the favorite at home, and mm-hmm. he didn't even start. In this yeah. game, they're going to be defending for most of the game. So you know, although Andrew, it is uh, although a, a, I mean they played last year a Benteke revenge game. Yep. I think so. that's a legitimate revenge game. There yeah, but one... they played last year. I mean, it's not like the first time they played. No, no, revenge lasts a lifetime, Jordan. Oh, okay. Please. Somebody, oh, maybe it was a Firmino revenge game somebody noted from this past week with Hoffenheim, and I'm like, you you just don't understand what a revenge game is then. Come on. But anyway, uh, Lokilo is in this player pool at 3,000. I think he started up front or in a attacking three last week, but um, didn't do anything. So, But for or the, for the enough, prices... But... But the prices, if you want to take a flyer on one of those guys, yeah, it's Loftus Cheek, right? I, I, I mean, but I mean, I could see any of them, but not like, you know, I wouldn't not Benteke, right? Like I wouldn't pay up that much. I mean, it's it's something that if you need a punt midfielder in a GPP lineup, and especially one that maybe doesn't feature uh, any Liverpool players, I don't see any reason why it's like, well, if you're not going to play any Liverpool players. Well, you know, you're screwed if they win for nothing. So right. if, if it's you might as well say, oh, OK, we think, uh, you know, it's going to be one one a Ruben Loftus cheek goal and a Liverpool Emery Chan goal. And then you get all the leverage you want against all the people that are playing the Liverpool forwards. Oh, Emery Chan. Um, <clears throat> we saw last week Palace fall behind, which uh, allowed Patrick Van Onholt to cross a lot. We expect them to fall behind in this one as well. But being on the road, I can't see a repeat performance from Van Aanholt, at least in terms of crosses. Well, I mean, the value goes if the match flow goes that way, his value does go up a bit. But it's much it's much different when you're at home against what should have been a weaker side. Right. Liverpool, you could say whatever they want about the defense. They from a on paper talent wise is better than Palace. So even if Palace goes down, like Liverpool is still going to, you know, have most of the possession regardless. Right, Even I'd say if that Palace is trying to come back in the game. Right, I'd say when Palace played Huddersfield, Huddersfield went up and were perfectly content staying at two nothing and then three. But I think if Liverpool goes up two nothing, they want to get to six, and so right. there's no reason for me to think that. While the overhead view of oh Palace fell behind and Van Aanholt took advantage, like that applies here, but when you really think of it, it's a totally different game. Uh. Any thoughts on Wayne Hennessy making nine saves? I mean, you could. Hey, if you want to go all the way down and create one of those type of lineups, it's, I mean, when it comes to goalkeeper, you can make a case for playing literally any of them. <laughs> right, right. Uh, next game I'm looking at, Burnley at home against West Brom. This should be quite a thriller. Um, Tom Heaton at home, or really Burnley at home, much better defensively than they are away, though West Brom not really all that great attacking-wise anywhere. Um, are you tempted by Robbie Brady? They're favorites, slight favorites yeah. at home. 
I mean, who else on who else on Burnley are you really looking at? I mean, are you going to be going for Sam Vokes again and see if that happens? I mean, I this only, is a I only mag- play Sam Vokes when they're humongous underdogs. Oh, okay. That's, that's always that's that's smart. <laughs> this is a this is a, a match flow game. Yeah. Uh, where it depends. Uh, you if you if you're going to play players from this game, you want West Brom scoring first. Uh, because Burnley's going to just lock it up, uh, up one goal. Right. So I mean, to to me, I mean, there may be peripherals in this game, both you know, but I I just look at Burnley and go, who other than Brady? Can you play? I mean, you could play their fullbacks. They'll be cheap enough. But are you that excited about them? <laughs> and then West Brom, obviously, you play a central defender because if they're going to score, it's going to be on some weird set piece. Johnny yep. Evans goal. Yep. Uh, but I mean, this is this is the lo- I mean, this is the lowest total, right? Oh yeah. Right. So I mean, it's going to be very similar to what we said about the the Bournemouth West Brom game from last week. Right. That match flow dependent, and if the home team, you know, scores first, it's gonna they're gonna just bog down the midfield, and it's gonna be just. I mean, you see Brady on one side, Brunt takes the set pieces on the other side, and everyone else I would say is is a flyer at best. It seems like this game goes the same regardless of who goes ahead, though. Like if if West Brom goes ahead, they're going to lock it up. But that doesn't mean Burnley's attacking options are gone. Like like you said, there are plenty of peripherals there. I I don't necessarily feel the same way about West Brom though. Like if Burnley goes up, like West Brom, like how many cross? You're not going to get 17 crosses from Chris Brunt or Matt Phillips, whereas you could get that many from Brady. 17's a little high, I guess. But like, right. you, do you think you're getting 12 out of Chris Brunt? Not if Burnley behind. goes up first. Well, I mean, the, the whole thing is that Burnley would want would want three points at home. So if West Brom score first, Burnley is going to attack. West Brom is I'm saying fine. If Burnley, if Burnley goes ahead. Yeah, well, but, well, what I'm saying is that West Brom is fine nicking one goal back and taking one point away. But so they're not going to just open up their entire defense and go, like you said, it's not going to be Matt Phillips and Brunt, you know, crossing the ball because they're going to still want to shore up the back end. I mean, if they go up, obviously Burnley goes up two, they're going to have to open up. But Tony Poulos is not the type that you're down by one uh, 20 minutes in and all of a sudden it's, you know, four two four all out attack. Right. <laughs> like they'll, they'll just wait for the set piece opportunity like they normally do. Right. Nick a goal in the 78th minute and walk out with a point. Mm-hmm. So that's why I said like it, it's more likely that if West Brom goes up, Burnley will cross more to try to, because they want to get points at home. Mm-hmm. Versus West Brom, who's perfectly fine taking the, the draw. Right. And not opening themselves up to losing 3 nothing. Right. Both goalkeepers are fairly expensive. Because it's a pick game. Because it's so a pick yeah. Right. They're, they're both in play. Hey, all, they're all in play. Goalkeepers, they're all goalkeepers in play. Okay. If, if I had a choice, I would choose the home goal, goalkeeper. Uh, but, I mean, both goalkeepers in this game have a clean, are live to a clean sheet. Oh, yeah. They both could have a. I mean, it could be zero zero, and it right. didn't go. It'll be one one, ruining everything for everyone. Two saves each. Right, but it also puts a little bit of value in the defenders as well because, mm-hmm. you know, there's live clean. No matter who you take on either side on defender, you're. It's not a bad draw to a clean sheet either. Right. Ugh. I hate actually having to think about clean sheets. But it's a little. It's a little bonus. A little nibble. Yeah. A little yeah. three-point nibble. I mean, right. you have to you have to assess that. 
I mean, that's sure. why I said, like, when you take Patrick Van Anhalt for the Palace game, it's like, do you really expect Palace to have a clean sheet at Anfield? No. <laughs> so yeah, you have to take that completely into account. Right. But when you go with a Liverpool defender, you have to put a lot more stock in, like, well, you're going to get three points also because, well, not to Liverpool. Okay, maybe if it was another <laughs> clean sheets for Liverpool just don't happen. They love that one goal late to just ruin it. Right. All right, next up, Leicester home against Brighton. We saw Leicester play really well last week despite losing uh, to Arsenal at the Emirates. Um, we may see Kalechi Iheanacho get a start. My guess is it's Okazaki since he scored last week, and Craig Shakespeare seems to still like him. Um, Mares and all Brighton should be active on the wings because they should com- you know, comfortably have this match. Uh, do you read that any differently? Well, it's not comfortably. I mean, minus 132 is not, I mean, that's a home field favorite. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not, I mean, yeah, they are, they are favorite. I mean, they, they're the, they're the second biggest favorite on the slate uh, at home. So, I mean, I'm, I'm expecting Lester to win, but as far as the scoreline, who knows? I mean, I mean, Le- but Lester could win four nothing. It could also be one, one, it could be zero. I mean, it's a, that's, this is also a match flow game mm-hmm. the only the only difference is uh that we always see with Leicester as as a favorite that other sides are not necessarily operating in the same way is that Leicester does not mind seeding possession mm-hmm. so whoever plays against them don't act as if like Leicester's gonna have 70 percent of the ball like a normal kind of overpowering favorite would so that's why I take a look at uh someone like Pascal Gross mm-hmm uh, for for his price, as even though Brighton and Hove Albion are what, plus four twenty nine currently, uh, for for the price may not be that bad of an option. Although you're not you're probably not drawing the goals and assists. <laughs> no, I think Knockart might get a start though. Which, uh, you know, he came off the bench last week. He's usually well. We don't even know is the problem. We don't know if they if he would split with Gross or right. But he he costs more. So I'm just saying like. Well, you're always assessing your risk management into the price. So that's why, like, for Crystal Palace, it's like, if you want to take a flyer on them, you take it on R- Ruben Loftus-Cheek versus taking it on Benteke. Right. Unless you have to actually think Palace is going to win 2 nothing on two Benteke goals. But, I mean, for the price, is it worth doing that? That's why, like, for Leicester, uh, I mean, you take a look at the Leicester options. You really don't have that much there. I mean, outside of, of Mahrez and maybe Albrighton. Because, I mean, the fullbacks aren't really worth much. Nope. And the central defenders aren't really worth much. Nope. And the forwards are all goal-dependent. So, I mean, you yeah, you could have a Vardy party in GPP. Uh, but I, I don't consider even Hey, if Iheanacho starts alongside Vardy, then it again, neither of them are plays. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good luck with that one. Um, Gross at 3,100 feels like this week's Tom Carroll, although I guess he doesn't have... We don't know if he has a monopoly. It seems like he doesn't with Knockhart available, but 3,100 for a team that could have plenty of possession seems pretty decent to me. Well, there's enough midfield value this late in general. I mean, it's the beginning of the season. Once we get, once we start getting to the November, December, and there's less injuries and, and we know what's going to happen, the, the pricing efficiency is going to end up being where we actually have to make, you know, kind of tough choices, especially at the top of our lineups. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, he, he, 
He's in play. What I consider him like we considered Carroll last week to be like, well, that's the play in that range because there really is none until Boga came out and then people fell for that. Uh, but uh, there's multiple options in that range. So, I mean, I, I, I look at that going, you don't have to play him. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily a cash option necessarily. That's why, like, if Knockert's in with him, like, obviously they cannibalize each other's value potentially. But if one of them starts over the other, then they become much more of an option. And obviously Gross becomes much more of an option without Knockart because Gross is so much cheaper than him. Sure. I think But still only only expect I mean if if you if you're paying three K for a guy and he only gets four or five points, that's not a bad play. You got you made value there. I mean it it doesn't hurt you. Unless you mess up the picks that you used with your extra money with. Well, of course. <laughs> but you're but right. Just it doesn't. In and of itself, I yes. mean, uh, if he scores 22 at 3K, I mean, you're gold. If he sc- if he scores zero at 3K, you're not you're you're not in bad shape. Mm-hmm. Yep, that makes sense. Um, next up is Southampton home against West Ham. Um, West Ham looked pretty bad in their opener, but some of that was thanks to Manchester United. We had a dual good game out of Dusan Tadic and James Ward-Prowse, which didn't really help us figure out which guy to play. Uh, Tadic only took one corner, so at least we know that Ward-Prowse is taking most of them. Ryan Bertrand got a few too. Uh, How do you... I feel like we're... This is a similar situation to the Liverpool forwards where like you're probably not taking both of them, but you probably should have one. Um... Is there any case to be made in cash for Tadic over Ward Prowse? Uh, I mean, of course, there's always a case. What is the but, case? I mean, <laughs> I, if you have the money, like it's one of those. If you have the cash, sure. But I mean, we you saw if you're going to just go by the first game, Ward Prowse had what seven corners taken. Yeah, and uh, Bertrand had three, mm-hmm. and Tadic has one. So it's not like Tadic was the second option; like he was the third option. So to me, I look at at Tadic's price and go, like it's open play value only. Mm-hmm. I just that's all I look at. If, if you believe that uh, Southampton, who I mean West Ham does not have a very good defense. I mean Southampton at home should score against West Ham. Yep. I mean, but we said that last week against Swansea and they didn't do anything. Yeah. Uh So, but the, you know, but, Tod- yeah. I but mean, these Tod- guys were it, still good plays though. Right. Like we we got what we got, even if they had won two nothing and. Ward Prowse and, and Tadic's game logs were the same, we'd be like, all right, yeah, we we got that one right. Right. But I'm just saying I uh to me Tadic is a high is a higher floor version of a Gabbiadini. Like he's become because if he's not gonna take set pieces, he's goal dependent. I it, almost like I view him like a, an Andros Townsend if he started without set pieces. Like someone that has a high floor, a Zaha. I mean probably a little bit higher than that because you know, he's a little bit more focused part of their attack. Uh, but, like, it's not the type of thing that it's like, play, you know, oh, Southampton's a favorite, got to play Tottich type of situation. Right. Like, Ward-Prowse, especially, like, last game, playing advanced and not in the two pivot midfield roles. Like, I'm much more comfortable, especially, like I said before, with the risk management on price. You know, I'll I'll play cheaper. I don't, I don't need as many points to make value. But Tottich obviously you would agree has much more upside. Oh, sure. But he, it's one of those upsides that we rarely see. 
And that's the problem. Uh, we I have see it. often enough. You just remember the times that he screws you. Um, <laughs> but like the, w- what is the upside though? It's like well, goals, 20 points, right? No, but, 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 I mean, I know that, but like, you're not getting 30 point upside. You're getting like 19 point upside. It, it, he's what? Like 7,800. Yeah. Right. Okay. So what do you expect? He's not Sergio Aguero. I mean, but how, how much upside for the price? Three X. Is enough. It's great upside for soccer. Maybe James Ward Prowse doesn't have a twenty-four point upside. Um, I think James Ward Prowse reaches twenty-four with one goal, and I'm not sure Tadic can do that. Yeah, but I but James Ward Prowse scores two goals a season. <laughs> I get what, what you're did Tadic have last year? Five, like. Well, I mean, it depends on how if he plays. Three, and if he's my on. God, three goals last year. <laughs> well, yeah, he can only score when he's on the field. Thirty-three appearances. Well, it's a lot James of them. Ward scored more goals last year in fewer games than Dusan Tadic. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a Tadic apologist. You, you're probably I, I, wearing a Dusan Tadic jersey right now. No, <laughs> I, how I don't play. I rarely ever play Dusan Tadic. I play James Ward Prowse way more sure. than Tadic, but I could it I'm not I don't want people listening going like, you know, you must play Tadic or you uh you can never play Tadic. Yeah, I mean I get you that. could Southampton is a favorite at home against the West Ham defense, looking bad. Antonio is back, but he's not a he doesn't play defense. Mm-hmm. Uh and, you know that Lanzini's still out. So, you know, if they put up three goals, I'm not gonna I'm gonna the most likely candidates for these goals are going to be Gabby Adini and Tadic. So, I mean, like, how do I tell people? Yeah, well, you can't pay 7,800 for that. It's like, well, you pay 7,800. I mean, (laughs) for a lot of other forwards that are available. I mean, if you take a look and it's like uh, Tadic or Vardy, who do you take? Yeah, that's always Tadic. Right. So, so so don't act like, you know, like you're, (laughs) you're absolutely right that it's based on past bitterness. Right. I know you have to admit that. Yes. I admit right. it. I admit <laughs> it. Okay. Um, so West Ham, we saw Marco Arnautovic take a hundred percent of their one cro- corner last week. Uh, it's with Lanzini still out. I don't see Antonio taking them if he, even if he starts. So we're looking at Arnautovic on set pieces again, maybe, but I'm not sure I'm really looking his way at Southampton anyway. It depends on a, how many they get. I mean, like, look what happened last week. But we took Carroll, and Southampton has the ball seventy-five percent of the game. That's what I mean. I'm I'm not sure West Ham is gonna. I don't think this game's any different in in terms of corners. Maybe they get three, and he's not really a big open play crosser anyway. Arnautovic, that is. Right, especially if there's no Carroll up top. Right. Which there isn't. Right. So, Antonio I mean, I look- might though. But it's, it's been it's been shown in the past when he plays as a striker up top, West Ham does not do well. Antonio, right? Yeah, I don't even mean just as a striker. I mean, when he's on the field, he's he eventually finds his way. And I mean, set pieces, he's going to be there in the box. He's not going to take the kick. He's a decent header. I'm just saying how much possession small. is West Ham going right. to have? I mean, no, no, I agree. That's I agree. why I look at I look at West Ham's lineup and go like, none of them are priced down enough for me to go. Well, that's a value possibly. And, you know, they're not in a position where I see anyone with a reliable floor. I mean, I think Aaron Cresswell would have to be like 2100 for me to play him. Right. Or Zabaleta or whoever's going to play as a fullbacks. I mean, you need you need them to be center back priced 
for that to be worth it. I mean, you take a look at the Southampton side, and you'd play four players before you play a West Ham player. Or five players. I was going to say that might be both. Yeah, because I would definitely... Does Bertrand taking a few corners make you like him more than Cedric? Well, Cedric, I, Cedric's always the safest for cash. Yeah. Like, you know, you know what you're going to get. I mean, Bertrand's fine also. Mm-hmm. Saying if I if you play out 30, 38 games in a season, I'll take Cedric more times than Bertrand. Agreed. Well, a lot of it is just, you know, Bertrand, if you don't have a monopoly on corners, which he doesn't, there's no guarantee that they're winning corners on his side. So they could take 10 and he could have zero, but like theoretically they're still splitting them. He just didn't get any on his side. And that that's not never a concern with Cedric who, because all he does is cross an open play. I'd but feel that's a lot I better it, if Charlie Austin started. Yeah. But, but, but I, I think, well, that obviously helps the crossing. And I think in GPP, it's perfectly viable. Like it's like, who do I pick between Cedric and Bertrand? Take both of them. Hmm. I'm not saying that you even play Ward Prowse or any other Southampton right, players, right. but take both take both of them. If it ends up being a zero zero game, and if Bertrand gets sets or doesn't get sets, I mean he's going to get three point clean sheet, probably still get seven points. And Cedric gets twelve. I mean, and, and if you get twenty points out of your defense, that's pretty good. Pretty good. So I mean, you 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 can do that if you don't want to make a decision one way or the other for GPP, and then you can play two fullbacks and then play Gabbiadini, and then just hope for a fullback to to forward. Uh, assistant goal, and if you're going to play, hey, if you're going to play two Southampton fullbacks, you take play Forster as well. Mm-hmm. That's all correlated right there, and then you don't have to worry about like you, truthfully, you could stack them. I mean, Southampton it, it, for for this late is perfectly stackable if you wanted to in GPP. I I could perfectly understand a semi-stackable Southampton lineup, and you still making enough value even at a zero goal game. Well, that maybe not if you play a forward. Like, if you, if you don't play Gabby Adini, you'd be fine. I mean, take a look at last week. You made enough points even without them scoring. So you could play everyone but the forwards and still be, you know, you could play four players. I mean, I wouldn't do this in cash. Yeah. But, I mean, it's correlated. Like, you take a look at a situation where you have a lot of guys on Southampton that have decent floors. And the goals being the upside part, that putting them all together it's not like what you said, like Bertrand is the lowest floor because you're not sure whether or not he's going to take set pieces and he doesn't cross as much in open play. But uh, when you put them all together, you at least cover all of that. And right. he still has a high enough floor compared to other fullbacks on this slate where you look and you go for his price. Would you rather take him or Alberto Moreno? And you go, well, if Southampton's going to win and keep a clean sheet, and that's what you're going for, you might as well just take Bertrand mm-hmm. and take a fullback from another, another then Bellerin or something like that. My only fear about Forster is expecting He's, Southampton to have so much possession, basically control this game. You could get 10 points, which is fine, but I don't think the save upside is all that high with Forster. No, I mean, it's usually not high with most favorite goalkeepers. Right. I think he, he's particularly not, though. Yeah, but with Antonio, if Antonio's playing as a wide player, he shoots like seven times for no apparent reason. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe you don't know. He does. I mean, when it's off his head, it's typically in the goal, in the back of the net. But Antonio, especially with Lanzini not there, there may be a lot more space, and like they have to put a lot more of the attack on his shoulders. 
And, you know, he'll be coming off the wing, taking, you know, wild shots. Uh, I mean, I don't think he's a play uh, in and of himself for his price, but I, I think Foster will see a couple of shots. I think you're better off with someone like Schmeichel, who, uh, because you know they won't have the ball. Well, of course. I, well, I, well, no, with Leicester, they'll, they will have the ball, just that they won't have very good shots. That's why I look at Schmeichel, and I think it, he's one of the—, the when, whenever Leicester is favored, like, and we've seen this last year, where he's favored, he may not be the most favored, but he puts up a 24-point game. Mm-hmm. Because they are the favor and they get the win in the clean sheet, but he also has six saves. Because right. Lester just gives exceeds possession enough, gets up one or two goals, then just lets the other team have the ball and shoot at will. Right. From long distance, and it's a lot of easy Schmeichel saves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jackpot. Uh, next up, Burnmouth home against Watford. This, I think, will be better than Burnley West Brom, but I'm not sure. Watford. I'm not sure we learn we could learn anything from what happened last week against Liverpool about Watford. Did you pick up anything that you were like, man, I should have more Tom Cleverly in my lineups? <laughs> no, well, also uh, Dini should be back. Yep. Uh, I mean, it's it's quite. I mean, he it He's does he start? He yeah. right. It's a, it, it probably comes down to you know have a fitness test. Yep. To see if he could start or come off the bench. Uh, obviously, I don't think Dini is is a player. Uh, I don't see much uh, cash viable players on Watford other than Holobus. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a fullback that you know does take set pieces, but they are on the road uh, as underdogs. But as we say about Bournemouth, Bournemouth uh, have no problem playing open games. Uh, yeah. Regardless, their fullbacks will push up, and uh, which which also means on the other end, uh, uh, the one thing you could guarantee in this game is a Holobus yellow card. <laughs> <laughs> right um i don't think he got one last week did he no but i'm saying well well against uh, against a weaker side that will have fullbacks because holobus will try to push up on like holobus wasn't gonna push up on liverpool mm-hmm. like he's they, he's gonna be told that you know you, you don't this is a better team you're gonna stay back a little bit more uh burnmouth not so much so he'll fly forward cross the ball three times, run back, and then end up taking out someone's leg. <laughs> like it's gonna be, it's gonna be on a foul on what? Who's on that side? That's uh, that's uh, Fraser or uh, uh, Fraser, yeah, Fraser or Smith or Adam Smith. Yep, on that side. So it's gonna be one. It's that's gonna happen. <laughs> so you have to automatically go in with a minus one and a half for Holobus, <laughs> and hopefully he takes six set piece corners <laughs> or whatever. Right. You laugh, but you know I'm. Laughing. I know. Yeah, that's why I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> but he would be the play on what I mean, cleverly. That's the problem. He's, like, he's yeah. Cleverly gets nothing. I mean, like if he doesn't take that, he's get he literally does nothing on mm-hmm. the field. Like you think he's invisible. You take a look and I, I've fallen for that trap too many times. 3,200. He's the punt midfield play. And he does take like three corners. And I look and it's like 2.25 points. Like, <laughs> how did you not do anything else this game? You were in for all 90. Yep. That's the other so, thing. You're like, well, he'll get a couple tackles and interceptions, and you're like, wait, none? He's the guy who can play 90 and get just zeros across the board. It's right. not, you have some guys who like win a few tackles, but they also foul some guys, get maybe get a card, and they're like, oh, that's how I got zero. But cleverly, you're just like, you look at the game log, and it's like minutes, 90, and goals, zero, assists, zero, everything, zero across the board. Like, wow. Right. He's the, he, he is the poor man's Etienne Capoue. <laughs> you should and get he's not even that. good. 
if you could find a guy who goes <laughs> goes 90 minutes and not doesn't get a single stat that and it's not like DraftKings uses like two stats people some people complain that they don't have enough but they're, they're more than enough that you should be able to get one <laughs> during your games but anyway um so olabas is really the only one i mean I everything else is that. a gpp play i mean you could yes. i mean obviously that you know if amrabat is in it really depends on if uh, like like we said about uh uh when forwards with like austin in for southampton like is okaka playing up top as a lone forward, is he playing side by side with Dini? Like, how do they set up up there? Because if they set up with like three in front, with like Okaka in the center, and then Dini and Amrabat or something like that beside him, Amrabat becomes a decent play. I mean, if you want to take a flyer, cheaper GPP type of thing. But I mean, Dini is not a target forward, so like once Okaka comes out, like that lowers the value of the fullbacks and the wide players. Right. We unfortunately don't get another run at Simon Francis, or we most likely won't. He left early last week, and uh, we haven't gotten our training report. But with Adam Smith available, it seems like that's a pretty easy one to to replace, at least for uh, Eddie Howe. The problem is that Adam Smith is 5,300, whereas Francis this week is only 3,400. Uh, I'm probably passing on Adam Smith at that range and probably Charlie Daniels. Uh, but a lot of that, I think, is because I think Jermaine Defoe will start. Uh, Benica Fobi really wasn't that great last week. Defoe is now fully fit. Uh, do you, I mean, you have to at least consider Ryan Frazier. We mentioned him earlier. I mean, home against Watford, Burnmouth should be able to attack enough that Frazier should should get a few crosses. Right. Or you could, you could always take Andrew Sermon. Apparently, he he takes a corner. He took one, yeah. Ugh. I mean, obviously, I mean, he's he put he's in the same situation, probably worse than Tom Cleverly, because like, he is actually a defensive midfielder. Right. Uh, and he, he can, even because I would even say that even if you knew Sermon was going to take half of the corners, he still may not even be worth it. He may not even cross them. He didn't cross his corner, too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't know what's going to happen on the other side, because sometimes. Uh, you see with Bournemouth that Frazier will take on one side and then Daniels will take on another side. Yeah. We've seen or Mark the, Pugh take him sometimes. There you go. So, like, I mean, I think Bournemouth is very lineup dependent. The safest play is going to be Ryan Frazier. Right. I mean, we all know that. But whether or not he's worth his 7K oh. level price is a different story. But nice. he does have goal upside. He does score. I mean, he does stuff. But would I consider him to be, like, the centerpiece of the Bournemouth attack? No. No. One guy that did look pretty good last week after coming on at halftime was Jordan Ibe. Four crosses, one shot, two tackles, two fouls drawn. I mean, that's pretty good for, I don't think Ibe costs anything. What is it? Well, 4,200 is actually not nothing. But he's but, forward eligible, right? Yeah. But eight points in 45 minutes last week against West Brom. If he starts... I might be he's drawn get, to that. Yeah, he's going to be the Boga. Oh, don't say that. He's better than Boga. No, this happened last year, Andrew. Go back to last I, year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, they signed over from Liverpool. He starts games. He goes 40. He gets eight points in 45 minutes, and then how takes him out? Because, yes, while he did score fantasy points, he actually had no effect in the actual game. <laughs> right? But I would take eight points from 4,200. Yeah, but then you then uh, people see that one week because no one played him, and then for the next four weeks people tried playing him, and he ends up with two or three points mm. and coming off early. 
And they go, when can we get back to that eight point game? Yeah, right. If you if you're going, when can we get back to the eight point game? Maybe it's maybe <laughs> that's that's not like he had thirty points, and it's right. like, oh, maybe he'll do that again. Uh, but I mean, obviously, uh, if he does start and he plays wide, like if it's Ibe, King, Frazier with Defoe up top, you can't really af- expect really many crosses. But they're gonna yeah. invert, like it, 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 if if King and Defoe are are playing like that, I mean, it's gonna be Frazier cutting in and Ibe cutting in, uh, and Bournemouth is favored. Watford. Is is not an excellent defensive team, nope. uh, especially away, <laughs> right? But neither is Burnmouth. So this is also match flow dependent. But uh, I think Burnmouth scores. It's just a matter of where it has come from, because it could come from like seven different places. Yeah, it's right? probably. Yeah. Or I mean, it could be a center back goal. I mean, like it could come from anywhere. Ugh. Begovic could score. We don't know. I think we're pretty sure about that one. Right. But I, I think that if you, if you want uh, to take a GPP uh, cheaper goalkeeper play, I think Gomez is definitely in play. Burn the shoot a lot. Mm-hmm. And they shoot from outside the box. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, Gomez could give up two goals and still end up with 10 points. Mm-hmm. So we saw Begovic do last week. Right. Although, did they give up two? Who did they even play last week? It's all a blur. West Brom, no. That was the other thing about Jordan Ibe is he came on at halftime and they were already losing. And so West Brom went up and said, we'll just lock down. And so it allowed Ibe to do basically whatever he wanted. But I don't think this game plays that way. All right, I'm off no, Jordan No, but I, I mean, it, it is, it's going to be match flow dependent. I mean, it's a, one of those type of games where yeah. does Bournemouth score first, does West Ham, does uh, Watford score first? But I mean... It it could be one nothing. It could be four three. Right. Probably more likely towards the one nothing side, but you know, I, if if seven goals appear out of this game, I would not be you know. Wow, that's a shock. Burnley West Brom, that would be a bit more of a shock. <laughs> you may not do player picks, but you're convincing me away from player picks now. Talking about <laughs> Jordan. I. <clears throat> if you uh, would like to find more information from Jordan about his non-player picks, you can find him on Twitter at BlenderHD, and you can find me at Rotowire Andrew. Up next is Stoke versus Arsenal. <laughs> Stoke is uh, really bad. Arsenal are, are better, at least. Uh, we saw Granite Xhaka take most of their corners last week, which was uh, infuriating for anybody who paid up for Mesut Ozil. Um, are you confident enough that Xhaka will take them again or does 3700 not matter and that's worth the shot at him taking them well I mean if he gets four or five points he makes value so I don't see that that much risk mm-hmm. you know he's gonna play yep. right I mean Arsenal has a bunch of injuries so I mean you can't just assume Oxlade Chamberlain I mean he looked good in the in the previous game he was great right but I mean can't with 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 the uh, Arsene Wenger, you, you can't, like, you don't know. I mean, remember, the only reason I'm saying this is because, remember, this is the late game. Yep. So I could assume that Ozil will play. Uh, Lacazette will be in. Uh, I mean, we could see Lacazette and Giroud play side by side. We could. We could. I'm not saying I don't think so. Uh, we could. Uh, you, you could see a Wobie in. You could see, I mean, you, the, I mean, you take a look at their defense. Like, who's playing? 
Like, how is it? it you could see Kali, uh, the uh, sad Kalisnik. Uh, yeah, Kalisnik, yeah. Right, play as a as as a wing back. Mm-hmm. You could see Montreal play as a wing back. You could see Bellerin not be in at all. Yep. You could see Bellerin play as up in the maybe the three, and with against you know with Ozil and Oxlade Chamberlain on the other side. I mean, right. it, there's multiple ways. I think. I mean, I think Jaka being as a defensive midfielder, like I think I think he's 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 playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's going to play regardless of the of the lineup. But I mean, Ramsey came in, scored, so. Yep. You may see Ramsey there. You may see, I mean, there's so much. I think the only things that you could guarantee is that it's going to be Lacazette, Ozil, and Xhaka. Absolutely guarantee. I think it's, you know, a 90% shot of Oxley chamberlain Yep. I mean, I think it's a, you know, 90% shot. I, I, who cares who plays this in the center back roles? Right. Uh, well, I mean, I, well, you have to care because Kolasinic played there last week. And, like, you're not considering him. He had an assist, which was basically what you're expecting him to do as a wing back but like if he plays as a center back you're you're not considering him at all yeah but i'm just saying that i'm not even sure he's playing like i mean right that deep that the, the defensive setup for arsenal i i'm not going to be able to predict yeah so like to me as the late game like if you take a kalisanak like you're gonna put in a defender spot like if if he ends up as a third center back like you're gonna have to take someone else, and you're not gonna be able to take Bellerin because Bellerin is more expensive. Right. So now you're sitting there taking Monreal, who's playing as a center, as a center like, back. Right. <laughs> right. That that that's what I'm saying. It's like unless unless you're planning on taking Bellerin, and then going down when if he's not in, or you want to switch to Kalisanak or something, because we've seen Oxley Chamberlain play in that wingback role also yep. for Bellerin not to play at all. So you may actually get uh, none of their defenders. You may, I mean. It may end up being that the quote wingbacks are not even defenders. So yeah. anyone that you take out of the defender spot will end up being a center back if they're in. So if, if you pay up for Bellerin and you end up with Rob Holding because who else are you going to take? <laughs> type, think, of, type of situation. I think one of the wingbacks will be a defender. Like I don't think they're, you're going to have Ox and like they're not going to throw Iwobi or Walcott. Like I, I think you're going to get at least one of Bellerin or Kalisanak. I think. Right. But I mean, but you have to plan for it. So I right, mean, you, right, would have, right. you would have to pay up for Bellerin and then go down. So you can't go with like, if you want to play in uh, an Arsenal wing back or the fullback or whatever, like you need, you would have to put in Bellerin. And if you can't afford the guy that you, if you're 200 short somewhere else, like that's the risk you take. If you're going to go up to a position and go, I'm putting in Kalisanak thinking that he's going to be playing as a wing back. Like you're going to live with the consequences if he doesn't, because you're not going to be able to, to pivot anywhere. Right. I mean, pivot to another arsenal player. Right. You could obviously, uh, obviously the, the natural pivot is Glenn Johnson. Oh. <laughs> he didn't even play. Uh, Eric, yeah, Eric you Peters, probably, Eric Peters is the right. play. You put, you put one out. What is my, is, is do you going to still play as a, like a wing back? I, I think never, so. Oh, oh, Stoke is so bad. So you're not all over Jordan Shakiri at 7900. Uh, not when I could take Ryan Frazier first. Um, is Frazier that? Oh, he's even cheaper. Yeah. Right. Well, the fact that, that you can that, get Ward Prowse at 63, or Shakiri at 70. Oh, 72. I'm sorry. I thought he was 79. 
It still doesn't matter. You could have said any number. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to say they're at home. They're yeah, that's what I mean. But uh, if they Arsenal scored, gave, gave up three goals last week. Right, and if they score, most probably Shakiri will be part of that goal. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm just taking a look at the texture of the slate. Going, going from it, it makes it a GPP play. I'm not. I'm, there's nothing that they don't play Shakiri at all. But I think there are better options. I mean, you take a look at Shakiri and you go, would you rather? It, regardless, uh, I mean, even with the pricing, would would you rather have Burnley or Brunt? Uh, uh, Brady or Brunt? Like, I would rather have either of those two. Both, yeah, yeah. Right, and then you take a look, I'd rather have Ryan Frazier, and then you take a look and you go, I'd rather have, I mean, there's so many other, I'd rather have uh, Mahrez or Al- Albrighton mm-hmm. or someone like that. And then all of a sudden, there's like the eighth option at a midfield <laughs> spot. So it's like, like it's not bad, but if you're going if, if to play GPP and fade Arsenal, I could see throwing in Shakiri. Not going but all out see... with Boyan or uh, I yeah, doubt Hesse gets a start. Right. But I mean, I just don't see this game being four three. Yeah, I don't see this game where you pick Shakiri on one side and Lacazette on the other <laughs> side and Oxlade Chamberlain and go Stoke Arsenal is going to be an eight goal affair. Yeah, like I, I don't, I don't see that. But I could see if you let's say you're loading up on Liverpool. Let's say you're going to play Firmino and Mane together, uh, and then go. I'm going to. You can't really afford. Uh, any any Arsenal like attackers, right. you're not going to play it like that with that. And you go, okay, I'm going to put in Shakiri and hope Arsenal, uh, you know, crap the bed like they would normally do in a situation like that and lose one nothing, or or what or two one on a 90 second minute, you know, Shakiri free kick. Wonder goal, right. yeah, right. Oh God, I hope that doesn't happen. Um, but there's no one else on Stoke that you could really consider, right? I mean, for Fanduel, like to me, just, I, I take a look at uh, Stoke. Stoke is always the Fanduel team. Southampton's always the, like the DK Cash team. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, then you have uh, like uh, like West Brom is a Fanduel team. Yep. Burnley is, I mean, well, any of the underdog sides are typically Fanduel too. Yeah, right. Even Watford. Yep. Like Watford, you play Etienne Kapui, and you look on DraftKings, and he has one and a half points, and then you look on Fanduel, and he has twenty. Thirty-nine and seven. Yeah. <laughs> right. You go. How is that possible? The one thing uh, I'd watch out with the Arsenal lineup is if Ramsey starts next to Xhaka, I think that may limit Xhaka a little bit. I mean, obviously he got a lot of his value from taking corners, but um, with Elneny next to him, he can kind of roam forward a little bit more, which he can't do with Ramsey. Ramsey's the one who's going to go forward. So that's my only hesitation on Xhaka. But, I mean, if the corners are there, that's probably enough for me to still strongly think about him at 3700 but right it's tough and that's why he... we have like on this slate we have a lot of 3k level players that are viable right nothing that stands out where it's like you must play but viable enough where like you could play you could play two of them and then load up on on the you could play all three liverpool forwards right or two liverpool forwards and lock that like something like that like that would be a viable uh gpp lineup mm-hmm. and then play one of the 3k players and load up on, you know, set-piece-taking midfielders and stuff like that for cash. So, I mean, there should there, there should be enough combinations out there that, you know, putting together, you, you shouldn't be racking your head going, this is a tough slate to put together a, a high-floor lineup. Right. Right. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And also, like I said, the, the key for this slate is Liverpool because right. it's not like last week's slate where we have obvious top 
uh, goal scoring odds forwards. Mm-hmm. It's like it's all three Liverpool forwards. Right. Like it's like like if anything, Lacazette is safer than that. If you had to say who will score a goal, you have these four choices. I'd rather pick Lacazette because like who else is going to score for Arsenal? Right. He's the lone striker up top while Liverpool like you're you're betting on one of three people. So like that's to me, even in, in cash lineups, because I can't see uh, although you can make a case of playing like Alexander Arnold and being that the only Liverpool player you play in cash. Uh, I I still don't see how you don't play two Liverpool play. I mean, one of the, someone. From you want to get some exposure. It's very similar to, to what happened last week with you. Of like, you can't fade Chelsea, like completely, and right. have no exposure. So you want to have something. And the wider play, and they all, you know, Mane and Salah have enough. You know, you're probably going to get five or six points regardless if they score or not. And that's better than nothing. But you know, Liverpool could put up five goals in this game. I mean, right. look, Crystal Palace shipped three goals to Huddersfield. Right. right. At home. Right. Yep. It would be nice if they just made it. Well, I don't know if it's actually any easier if Salah or Mane or Firmino don't start because they're coming on at some point. I feel like this game could be 3 nothing, and it's going to be Chan, Henderson, and Wijnaldum who score. It could be. Ugh, the Joel Maddop assist. Anyway. Uh, let's jump to Sunday, which for the second week in a row, we get a do you fade Harry Kane conversation. Um, we have the first game is Huddersfield home against Newcastle. And then the second one is Spurs home against Chelsea. I think you could definitely fade Kane again, even on a two game slate when you're probably not thrilled about the forward options in the other game, though everyone will talk about Steve Mounier, whose name really shouldn't be Mounier. Like, is, shouldn't it be Mooney? Isn't, shouldn't there be an R? He's French. Yep. Right, so the E that has a little accent on top of it. But isn't it usually with the R? Doesn't the R make it Mounier? I took Spanish and Italian, so frankly. Right, so what the hell do I mean, you who, know? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> would you rather Steve Mounier or Harry Kane? Uh, Mounier. Yeah. And the Huddersfield are favored. Yeah. <clears throat> I'll, I'll, take, I'll go with the Mounier-Dwight uh, Gale lineup. Oh! Um, Erickson I mean, is going to be a play. You still have yeah, but, the... F- Oh, you don't have the fabregas Willian issue. Right. So you have Willian in because Fabregas is going to be suspended. Yep. Like, this is, a, this is an easy slate. If you if you can't put together the the optimal lineup on this slate, then maybe you should quit DFS. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's one of those... This is, uh, Harsh. The, cla- the classic examples of, of how people go wrong is that when two uh, top-level teams that are expensive play against each other, like, all of the value gets cannibalized out of the entire game. Right. Like, you, like it ends up... I, if you think it's going to be a three-three game, I mean that that's another story. But like you take a look at the pricing. If they made the pricing lower, it would make it so much easier. But I mean, Tottenham. You take Erickson. I mean, he's the safest player. You take Willian on Chelsea because he takes set pieces, and then you fill up the, the rest of the game. Because are you are you going to spend ten k on Kane against Chelsea's defense? Are you going to spend uh, you know nine k whatever it's going to be on Murata? Because I'm assuming he'll play over Batshuayi after mm-hmm. Batshuayi's last game. Uh, I think like, it's going to sir- be both because okay, they, they so don't have Pedro either. Right, so that's even worse. It's even so worse, right. You right. might get Boga again. Feel free to fall into that. <laughs> right, but, but you take Are you a look. Are going to fall in the AOZ Perez trap? I'd rather let, take a look at the Huddersfield Town New 
the total is probably higher. Uh, probably. Actually, no. The Tottenham Chelsea total is currently high. Really? Yeah. Not by much. It's like a, but but two and a half minus one twenty. So it's practically yeah, it's, yeah. And the other one is minus one foot. Yeah, it's it's a difference of like point one five right. goals. But I'm saying for the prices, obviously we don't have the prices. But I'm assuming Huddersfield options and Newcastle options. Uh, you know, Matt Ritchie will probably have a monopoly with yep. Shelby being out. So I mean, if he ends up being a what fifty five, fifty six hundred. I mean, how do you not take that in Huddersfield? I mean, it's just—it's two crappy teams playing against each other. That's typically you get all the value. Yeah, that's what, you, some, that's what you want, right? All the the, the ball is going to be moving in that game, no matter what happens. So people are going to accrue points uh, for the prices that they're going to end up being at. You want more of that game than you know, hope that uh, you know the six K Ben Davis could make value against Chelsea, right? If Ben Davis was 4200 if they went down, oh, they're placing Chelsea, so we degrade the prices, then that makes much more sense. But a lot of times, you know, when two top teams play each other, the, just the prices are too much. I think you're more likely to see the $3,300 Kyle Walker-Peters. Right, but that may not be that bad of a play for that for that little of a price. Right. Right. It's all risk management. I mean, it's really, it's all risk management when it comes to price of, is it really worth that price for them playing actually against a better team, a good team. Right. Because, I mean, look, look at uh, Kane against Newcastle. Got, what, four points? Ugh. I don't know who they're going to play in the center, but, I mean, uh, with the Cahill gone. So I'm I'm, I'm assuming Aspilicueta, it'll be Aspilicueta, Louise, and, and what, Rudiger. Christensen? No, Rudiger. Or Rudiger. Rudiger? Yeah. But that's still good defense. I mean, like, yeah. really. That's <laughs> You're playing against three... Top world class level ish. Mm-hmm. Moses center. is back. Not that I mean, it's more continuity than anything. But they'll have Alonzo and Moses. It's really just Rudiger coming in for Cahill, right? And Matt and uh, well, Matic is gone, right? But you get Conte and the Conte you, and well, that's the that's the problem. Who do they right, play they, next to Conte? Because Boga is not really that guy. So it could be another seventeen year old kid who will probably get subbed off. It should Chol- be Ruben Loftus Cheek, but he's not right. there. Is, is Choloba still on? No, he's in Wat- with Watford. Oh, okay. I can never tell. Chelsea, Chelsea has players everywhere. Like the, the, half half the league is Chelsea players. The um, the assumption is always that they're not there. <laughs> right. Well, that's why I'm saying is who's who's not loaned out. Yeah. Um, I think Marco Van Ginkel was another option. If that's how you say his name, not that you're going to correct me, but. I think he's gone too. He's with PSV. But anyway, that's the slate. Before we go, I'd like to jump into the new uh, Pick'em contests. Uh, for those who listen to the Fantasy Flush podcast, I uh, apologize. You're going to have to hear this again with likely cleaner language. But Jordan, what was your what is your response to these Pick'em games, and how do you think they'll play? Uh, well, I mean, for those that don't know, if you go into the DraftKings lobby... Now you could select between classic type and pick 'em type. Uh, and I'm assuming they're just going to be doing this for EPL and uh, that this first week is going to be an anomaly of the because the prize pools are as big as like the, the classic yep. for EPL. I mean, and it's with 20 max. I mean, it's going to probably overlay. Uh, so get in wallet while it's still the way. To, I mean, eventually, probably within a month, 
they'll be down to normal yeah, level. Yeah, I mean, Right. <laughs> but, I bet, but hey, if you want to play that way, that's fine. I mean, same thing with MLB Arcade. Like, they're still worth playing, but it's not going to be as high as, you know, the classic EPL contests. Uh, but essentially, it's no salary tier-based uh, pick them. I mean, you, there's six tiers. There's a bunch of players in each tier. You pick one of each, and it's still the same DraftKings scoring. So, you know, that's it. And then they have cash games and GPPs. Uh, but uh, the thing is, is that in soccer, uh, you don't even know who's going to start. <laughs> so right. you have tiers that you look at currently going, oh, there's seven players here and three of them. Uh, one of them is injured and two of them are probably not starting. So now it's like, okay, you have to pick one of these four. There are some tiers that may end up being one of these three. Right. Uh, and then, of course, uh, just to, 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 to piss us all off, the six-tier goalkeepers. No <laughs> well, salary, th- though. Th- that's what I was going to say. Like, most people complain. They're like, well, the, the way to fix goalkeepers are just tighten the salaries. And this does it. So now we're going right. to just have to figure out something else to complain about, about goalkeepers. Right. Do you find well, the it- strategy will be any different? Uh, well, I mean, the scoring is the same. So, I mean, like from from a from a cash perspective, if you're going to play double ups, you probably go for floor and for GPP, you go for ceiling. Uh, the difference is uh, and for people that play MLB and golf, you may have a somewhat of a slighter, more advantage is that it's much easier to determine leverage. In leverage, meaning like ownership percentage wise, uh, because in the classic game, like you could have like multiple positions and multiple, like, you know, you could, if Lacazette scores, uh, and Mares score, uh, you could have both of them. Your opponent could have both of them. They're both in tier one and pick them. So you can't have both of them. So you don't have to worry. Like if, as long as you have the highest scoring guy, uh, compared to ownership versus the other guys in the tier, you win. Mm-hmm. End of story. And they're all condensed to that. Like, like you, you could pick two defenders in classic or three defenders, and you could pick any of the defenders in in uh, tier. Pick them like they're going to be goals that are scored that no one gets any points because they're not even in the tiers. Like there's like someone right. gets the assist on one of those goals, but the actual goal was scored by a center back that's not in the that, not in the pool or an opposite or an underdog forward that's not even in a tier, like that type of thing. So you could take a look at each tier and go, I have a lot more uh, ability to predict what the ownership is going to be versus classic where, well, you could set up your lineup construction in a multitude of different ways that you could, you, we could always say like, Oh, Kevin De Bruyne is going to be high owned, but it's like, well, if it's Kevin De Bruyne, Lacazette, Aguero, uh, Firmino in one tier, it's like, well, now it's only condensed to that. You don't have to worry about the ownership of a Solomon Rondon. Right. You don't have to, oh, have to worry about an ownership of an undervalued $3,300, you know, midfield punt because you can't have, I mean, it, you're going to have to pick someone from that tier and you may only have five options. So you look around and you go, it's a lot easier to go, well, people that want safety, are going to pick this guy and people that want upside are going to have this guy. And then you have these three other guys. And what do you think the, percentages are going to be and when the percentages are even or close to even you get less leverage then it doesn't then you should pick whoever you think is the best choice but when the percent ownership percentages are going to be more lopsided then 
you could play completely play the leverage game of while I know the guy that's going to be 70% owned in this tier is probably the best choice. I'm going to bet against him, you know, him putting up a dud game and as, and however points I could get out of the the other guy that I'm taking, I'm going to, I know I'm gaining leverage over the field because it's only limited to that tier. So if you take Lacazette and he puts up two points and you took, you know, someone else, in that tier that puts up 10, but Lacazette is 75% owned. You know that you're getting eight points leverage over three quarters of the field. Like you don't have to worry about, well, they'll make it up elsewhere. Like where else, are, where else are they making it up? They would have to, if, if you get the chalk guys in the other tiers, you've blocked everything. Right. Like it's easier to figure out who to block, what to do here. Like, because you're, you're limited. FanDuel baseball in, in most of their sports, like there's no multiple positional eligibility. It's easy to see. I uh, consider, especially with soccer being short slates. In baseball, you have 15 games. I mean, it's even with even if you you condense it into tiers, there's enough people to choose from. Soccer, six game slate. I mean, there's only so many people in each tier. You could kind of look and go, this guy's going to be high owned, that guy's going to be high owned, and then go, well, I'm going to go slightly opposite, and then. Get your leverage and win a GPP that way. Simple as that. Yeah, simple. Very, yeah, totally simple. <laughs> That's it for us. You can find Jordan on Twitter at BlenderHD. You can subscribe to the Fantasy Flush podcast to hear him a little more unedited. Um, I'm a subscriber. I really enjoy it. New one came out. Did you actually do it this morning? No, it was yesterday. It was yesterday. My apologies. I heard it this morning. Uh, but that one's always good. You can, um, he intimated on that one that the Ask the Shark column is over. But if he gets flooded with questions, he might have to actually do it. Or maybe we'll just have a podcast since Jordan doesn't like to write. Or that's what he claims. But um, so that's it, Jordan. Thank you very much for all of this. And I hope you have a good weekend. Yes. Goodbye, everyone. All the listeners. Uh, have a wonderful whatever amount of pleasantries that makes it look like that that we can end this podcast right thank you for listening to the rotowire fantasy soccer podcast for more great content visit rotowire.com slash soccer